0: Once again, to Radio Elevate. I'm your host, Cody Fair at Cross Point Church and Elevate Youth Ministry. We're in the middle of a great series right now about the Sermon on the Mount called Red. Today, we're going to finish up with the last of the Beatitudes, and we're going to talk a lot about those. Matt Pollock's going to join us at the end of the show for another great conversation. But first, we're going to hit you with a little bit of worship. So here's Chris Tomlin with Good, Good Father.
1: Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell. Good Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are and I-
0: have I am they with no longer slaves
1: you unravel me with a melody
2: you surround me with a song of deliverance From my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God You have
1: chosen me. Your love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through.
0: got one of my absolute favorites he is the johnny cash of contemporary christian music we've got a live version of a song that he performed for an afternoon or night of worship at harding prison here is zach williams with chain
2: If you're trying to feel the same on all's the inside, there's a better life.
0: always what a great morning of worship that we had but hey stick around with us because up next we're gonna finish up our Beatitudes as we continue on with our Red series and the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount stick around because up next we've got the last Beatitudes with a sermon called peaceful easy hey
3: Radio Elevate this is Matt worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate.
0: One thing. To- Staying at home during this safer at home executive order uh, that has reminded us in our life is that sometimes relaxation is key. Now, I don't want to downplay the effects of the COVID-19 academic, but even in tragedy, God can teach us some really great things. Having to stay at home has made us or has hit a lot of us, uh, made us hit the reset button on our life. And our work life, our school life, and just the general ins and outs of our daily activity, they can really take the focus off of God and our family. And taking our eyes off of God prevents us from finding peace now. When you think of peace, I'm sure some different images may come to mind. You know, maybe you think of a beach chair in the sand and some ocean waves coming up and hitting your toes, or maybe you think of laying in a hammock and you're in your back yard listening to some music, or maybe reading a book, or possibly even think about a, a sleeping baby, or do you find your peace on a hike, or do you find your peace in the woods? Do, do you find your peace on a lakefront or near some water? Maybe... The best peace you find is in the Bible, and it's during your Bible study time. You know, the thing about peace is that it's always going to have its disruptors. Have you ever noticed that whatever your hobby is, there's going to be a segment of people that just want to criticize it? For some reason, and I'll never know what it is, there are people that just want to be insulting towards the activities or the hobbies of others. I mean, if you take peace in laying in a hammock listening to music, who's someone else to criticize you for relaxing in that way? Sometimes these disruptors of peace come from things totally out of our control, but are a necessary way to life. I don't know many people, or anybody really, that's going to claim that work and school brings them peace. The thing is, Both of those are absolutely necessary in life, but to be honest, for most, I'm sure that work or school brings on a lot of extra stress in their life. That's what finding a hobby or something to relax about is so necessary so that you can experience peace. Maybe that disruption in peace even comes from an act of God, and it's something that we have absolutely no control over, whether natural disasters or sickness or all of these things that we don't have a hand in the outcome with are things that add stress to our life. Right now, maybe you're experiencing a little bit of stress over the COVID-19 epidemic. The thing is, God's desire is for us to be at peace, not to be stressed. Philippians chapter four, verses six through 10 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. No matter what stressful situation comes at you in your life, whether you think you're in control of it or think you're not in control of it, it's important to lift those situations up to God in prayer. You know, God does not call us to be anxious and stressed. God calls us to be at peace and to cast our cares onto him. By telling him what we need and thanking Him for what He's already done, that alone can help put our hearts at ease. Have you ever noticed that sometimes if you're stressed, just simply talking about it and sharing that with someone can eliminate some of the stress that comes along with it? Why not eliminate all of that stress on God? He longs to bear our burdens for us anyway. You know, God can take a stressful situation and turn it into something peaceful. Just like we mentioned earlier, God desires for us to be at peace. And peace is not something that you would immediately associate with COVID-19. But let's think about this for a minute. Have you reconnected emotionally with friends or family during this quarantine because you didn't have time or even the option to stress over something like school or work or an extra undue stress that you've taken on in your life? It's hard to think of school or work as being extra because it's something in life that is necessary but it really is extra and really it's a blessing because not everybody is blessed with a job or education. Uh, Did you find time during this epidemic to reconnect with God? When we're in our quiet times, hearing God speak to our heart tends to become just a little bit easier. So did you open that Bible an extra time or two during this epidemic and let God speak to you? Even though the initial reaction to COVID-19 and the orders from our leaders that it's safer to stay at home really seemed scary, I bet that in that time at home, you were able to focus a little bit more on what matters. And ultimately, what matters is our relationship with God. I know I did. So let's look at being a being peace and what being a peacemaker is all about. So Matthew chapter five, verse nine, this is the first beatitude says, or this is the uh, next to last beatitude that we're gonna study says, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called children of God. Those who work for peace could also be described as being a peacemaker. And a lot of translations of the Bible use the word peacemaker. Either way, working for peace brings a lot of types of people to mind. Peacemakers are calming. You don't really focus on stress when you're trying to make peace. You know, when you think of peace, you think of a mediator or someone who helps resolve problems between people because they just can't come to a peaceful resolution on their own. Our goal is to be less like us and more like Jesus. So let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and see how God is described in these verses. And it starts saying, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, all of these are different types of peacemakers, but three of these descriptions I really wanna dive into just a little bit. So first, let's talk about being a wonderful counselor. There's all types of counselors available for all different types of problems in this life. Financial counselors, Marital counselors, guidance counselors are just some of the most common. Counselors are available for help in particular aspects of our life. However, God is described as a wonderful counselor, meaning that God's good at what he does when he counsels. Now, counseling can be looked at as being advised or help being offered, and the wonderful shows that God's really, really good at it. Now, when you're quiet, and you listen, God will counsel you in your life. He's also described as the Prince of Peace. Now, being a prince of anything, unless maybe it's the Prince of Bel-Air, is a high royal distinction. So when it comes to peace, God is a high-ranking official. He is the highest-ranking official. He knows what peace is, and he knows what is best for his people, which is for them to be at peace. And the last one of those I really want to guide into, and I think this one is such an honest and true and relatable description, is everlasting father. We all seek guidance from our father. Even if we don't want to admit it, we seek it. Now, Even if a father is not in the picture, there's probably somebody in your life that you've latched onto as being a father figure. The advice giving from a father is taken so much more seriously than by someone else. By being described as everlasting father in this sense, it's easy to come to the realization that God is wanting to love us, offer us advice, and bear our stress and anxiety for us, just like fathers want to do for their children. You know, Galatians chapter 4 verses, verses 4 through 7 says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now, you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So God sent his only son to buy our freedom. And so that we're no longer a slave to the laws of this world. Now, I don't want to give the idea that you don't need to follow the law. That's crazy. We have to abide by the law of our land. But have you ever thought of yourself as a slave? If you're not a believer, then whether you realize this or not, you're already a slave to sin, stress, anxiety, just to name a few. See... By becoming a believer, we are readily admitting that we can't do this on our own. We don't have the answer. By becoming a believer, we're simply acknowledging just how much we need Jesus in our own life. Being a believer is not going to prevent us from stressful situations or from not getting rid of the stress in our life, but being a believer is going to, to allow God to go through those situations with us and for us to come out stronger on the other end. I know it's kind of cliche, but no matter how no matter what stress you're facing down, remember, find some peace in that because really God's got this. So think about being a peacemaker for just a minute. How can you be a peacemaker in different facets of your own life. You know, we've all seen disruptors of peace in areas of our life that we hold sacred to our heart. You know, let's start with the church. As much as I hate to say it, a lot of churches have disruptors in them. People with their own agendas or people that just want to mock believers. Hey, Jesus himself dealt with this when he had demons sneak into the synagogues where he was preaching. When this happens, Be that calming voice. Be slow to judge, quick to mediate, and eager to share how great God has been for you and how great God can also be for them. Problems will arise in your home. We are all human and we all disagree from time to time, so be quick to forgive, be quick to understand, be quick to apologize. Don't allow anger and hostility to go unmanaged in your home and take over. And if you're listening to this right now and think, I don't have the power to do that, just remember that you have God's power in you and to not let your age define or prevent you from doing God's work. If you're an adult listening to this, remember, this is your house. And if you want it to run smoothly and if you want it to be peaceful, be quick to forgive and understand and turn your house into God's house. In your work life or your school life, don't let disagreements or differences define your relationships. Remember, relationship building is not about disagreeing. Even if you have to disagree, you need to find out where someone is in their life before you can build upon that relationship. Once you have a relationship, maybe you can find peace and help them find peace by knowing God. Truth is, we have forgotten in a worldly sense how to disagree. If you don't believe me, just take a look at our worldly leaders, both sides, and you'll see that if we could just put God first and politics and agendas second, then we would find a peace greater than any problem we could face. We'll be right back after this break.
3: Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, the ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Crosspoint Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311 you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson.
0: Matthew 5 verse 10 says, God blesses those who were persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know, this beatitude bounces back perfectly with the previous one in verse nine. Now, remember, when you are not a follower of God, anxiety is gonna be created in your life if they are not grounded in what is right or what is righteous, and and we learned a couple weeks ago that righteous and God are really kind of one and the same. Then they're going to try and find their own way of doing things. You know, think about it like this: you just purchased a brand new chair. However, some assembly is required. When you open that. Box up, you do just like I do. You take those directions and the first thing you do is trash them. Why? Because I know how to put a dang chair together. Now, after 45 minutes of assembling, you realize that you've put a wrong piece at the very beginning of the construction. And if you're like me, now I got to deconstruct that entire chair. And while deconstructing that chair, I lose some screws, my patience level goes down, my anxiety level goes up all over this chair. Now, now, every little minor thing that happens, I'm getting angry over. My phone rings, my anxiety level goes up. I hear the dog bark, it ticks me off. Then because I'm mad and because I'm angry, all because I was too proud to submit to instructions in the first place. I have to start criticizing and saying things like, well, the maker of this chair shouldn't have produced it this way. Because me, just like every other human as a whole, we just won't admit we're wrong and will always do things the hard way. But the thing is, that's not very peaceful. So what does that example have to do with this beatitude? Well, the thing for me to have, the right thing for me to have done would have been to read the instructions in the first place. But I was too proud to do that and I became angry. And since I was angry, I started to become critical. Now, if I would have just read those instructions, I would have saved time and I would have remained at peace. Basically, I have to persecute somebody for doing it the wrong way and I'm sure not gonna persecute myself. That's the way a non-believer is going to approach a believer and the way they live their life. They want to persecute a Christian because they're living their life by a specific set of instructions that tells you the perfect way to do things, and that is the Bible. In life, we can look at ourselves as that chair we're assembling. Without the Bible or the instructions, we're not going to live a fulfilling life at God and be at peace. If we live by putting our faith in God in the Bible, we may be persecuted. For some reason, too, we're so afraid of being persecuted as a Christian, but we're not afraid to be persecuted as anything else. Truth is, no matter how we're put together, There's going to be a distractor that criticizes anything about us, whether it be spiritual or something non-spiritual. So why do we worry about being persecuted for being spiritual? The simple answer is we shouldn't be. A persecutor is going to be present no matter what. They're going to be critical of our spiritual lives because they don't follow the biblical instructions that came with their life. I can't emphasize this enough. The louder somebody speaks and the more passionate about their message they have still does not make them right. Aggressive persecution or loudly expressing verbal opinions, especially in the realm of spirituality, does not make their statements right or wrong. How do you know what's right or how do you know what's wrong? Crack open the instructions and take a look. Read the stories of the Bible. Meditate on those stories of the Bible. Apply those stories of the Bible to your own life. And most importantly, love those stories and the messages that they have for you. See, the Bible is right. And the Bible is righteous because it is God-inspired just like our life needs to be. Don't be bullied by a non-believer's words and their passion. Truth is, a non-believer a lot of times is going to speak louder and with more passion. Unfortunately, non-believers sometimes just don't have the same passion. Instead, be passionate yourself about believing and be willing to share God with a non-believer. Notice that I didn't say argue, but share What God is doing for you, so that these people may experience your peace and they can do the same for another persecutor on down the road in their life. See, God's aware and knows that you're going to be persecuted. He knew of the sin of this world. He even dealt with it himself. You know, we keep going back to the trial, the persecution, and Calvary as we discuss these Beatitudes, which I find incredibly interesting because the most blessed person to ever live is sharing examples of how to be blessed, and he's living through some of these barriers of peace in his life. You know, people that taught God's word prior to Jesus' time on earth were ridiculed, They were subjected to violence, and some were even killed. Even after Jesus was here and Jesus' death, his disciples' lives were ended in some gruesome fashions. You know, if you have time this week, look up just how Jesus' disciples' lives ended. These lives ended not too long after this sermon was being taught. However, God also knows that the reward for not giving in to that persecution is going to be great. The reward is greater than any ridicule that we could ever take. Ultimately, that reward's going to be a relationship with God on earth, and eternal life with Him in heaven. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 23 says, Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. This proverb is often used to explain the importance of hard work, but I want to relate this in a bit more of a spiritual sense today. Profit is usually a reward for hard work that's done, but in more simple terms, profit is just gaining something that you didn't already have in the first place. Now, God has done the work to get us into heaven. But we still have to work by making that proclamation in our own hearts that we are a believer. Physically, that doesn't really require much work. But mentally, we have to meditate on that and meditate on being a believer and hearing God working in our own heart. That spiritual reward, or in this case, a spiritual gain, is heaven and God. Talk leading to poverty can really show that simply ridiculing, mere talk, loses heaven for a non-believer. See, there's no reward for that because they're distracting from God, not simply believing in his word. Here's the crazy thing. It takes so much more work to be a non-believer and to come up with theories and arguments against God than it is to believe what the truth actually is and be at peace with that truth. So which one of those have you picked? So just like we've done every week, it's time to put these Beatitudes into our own words. But instead of me doing it this week, I'd like for you to come up with your own version of it. Hey, if you feel froggy, head on over to Elevate Youth's Youth's Facebook page and share yours. Think about this this week in your free time. To remain peaceful in your own life, you have to live your life as a believer and subject your life to the Bible. It is ultimately important To not only practice peace in your life, but to also play the role of being a peacemaker in your life. Think about how much anxiety would be eliminated if we were all peacemakers and not agenda pushers. Know that even though you seek peace, you will still have persecutors in your life that want to criticize your devotion and question your salvation. Think this. Have you ever been ridiculed about your belief in God and the Bible? How did it make you feel? What was your reaction? Did you take it personal? Did you pray for that persecutor or did you stay angry? Did you experience peace or did you hold on to that anxiety? If you're holding on to that anger, that stress, that anxiety today, then I ask you to to lift up that anxiety to God. And let go of that stress that's eaten away at you so that you can experience the peace that God desires in your life, and that is ultimately a life with him. Hey, stick around because right after after this we're gonna be right back with a special tribute for our mothers on Mother's Day.
3: Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church and what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate.
4: Life. Every life. Every heartbeat. Began with a mom. Who willingly accepted a divine role. Thankless job. A sticky, sleepless, soul-stretching career. For nine months, 90 months, 90 years. She taught us right from wrong, left from right, baking soda from baking powder. little and worried much. She laughed, lathered, rinsed, and repeated, and repeated. Who taught us to love God, to love others, to love ourselves? Who prayed with us and prayed for us? Who read to us and taught us what the words meant? It was Mom. Who was the champion, the cheerleader, the chief inspiring officer, who was the queen of bedtime, dinnertime, holidays, holy days, early mornings, late nights, music lessons, life lessons, and everything we cling to with all our hearts. It was, it is, and forever will be, Mom.
0: Week of Radio Elevate. Thanks for sticking around with all the Beatitudes. We'll be back right here next week with another edition as we continue with the Sermon on the Mount. Until then, my name's Cody Fair. I'm with Elevate Youth Ministry at a Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. We thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week.